Hello and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewan And I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. As a consequence of the bad leadership in many parts of Africa, a lot of young people have been on a continuous exodus to get to Europe. And some of them undergo terrible experiences in the journey. And some suffer some of the worst inhumane treatment to get to Europe. That is what we are going to be reflecting upon today, or the danger of irregular migration from Africa to Europe. And I'm going to concentrate on the Nigerian situation. So that towards the ending of last year, I was contacted by the Office of United Nations Refugee in Sweden to give a testimony of an international Zoom conference on this topic. Earlier, I have worked with the agency, a branch of the project named Telly the Real Story. I collaborated with them in organizing a community-based gathering on their sensitization program about the danger of irregular migration from Africa to Europe. What I'm going to be sharing with you in this podcast episode is actually part of my presentation during the Zoom conference. I'm not going to be overly elaborate, and my intention is to help you see some of the things I have seen within the human trafficking and exploitation of young Africans and Nigerians, especially in Italy. And I hope to do this by sharing a bit of my background and what I do. I will also share some few case studies of my recent encounter with different young Africans. At the end, I will offer my humble recommendations. What I hope can be done to improve the situation. Alright then, so sit back and enjoy it. And don't forget to let me know your thoughts on the episode. A few things about what I do. As you might already know by now, I'm originally from Nigeria. And I've been living in Verona, Italy since August of 2004, precisely the 24th of August 2004. In 2013, I started a research project I called The Journey, and it was about the presence of Africans in northern Italy from 1976 onward. The objective of the project was to understand why many fellow Africans came to Europe, what they encountered on their journey, and the kind of relationship they had with the local people. Recently, that project has been transformed into an online training platform, also known as A-Classes, where fellow immigrants and non can acquire new skills to improve themselves and hopefully make a better contribution to their host country and their country of origin. As a project coming from a research background, I'm continuously talking to different immigrants, especially with the new trend of human trafficking and the business of immigration where a lot of young Nigerians and Africans have found themselves as victims in different European cities, not knowing what to do to be free from the continuous exploitation. That is about the general information on what I do and myself. Now, I would like to share two short stories with you. The first is of a young African woman I interviewed a few months ago. Like many other African immigrants, she had a very rough journey across the Sahara Desert to Libya. According to her, she was fine in Libya until the war to overthrow Muammar Gaddafi broke out in 2011 and she came to Italy with a boat along with other immigrants. But there is something interesting about this young Congolese woman. Not only that, she is now working as a caregiver for those in need in Italy, 
She has equally opened a YouTube channel where she's making valuable contribution to the immigrant argument in Italy. Call it a sensitization project. And I found that to be a good example to many young boys and girls who often complain that they can't do anything after they have maybe suffered so much at the hands of their traffickers and their terrible journey to Europe. Now, the second story I want to share with you happened exactly three weeks before that interview. I went with a friend to Venice to stream an open conference on immigration and discrimination in Italy. During the conference, a young African refugee shared a personal story of how he was exploited in his workplace, grossly underpaid because the employer knew how badly he needed the work contract to renew his paper, and they made sure he was highly exploited to get what he wanted. The boy said he was made to work for 10 hours a day and was paid the bare minimum to survive. This, after all, is in Europe, the land of opportunity for many African immigrants who are doing everything to cross over the Mediterranean Sea. And this is a story I have heard a number of times from people who in most cases are highly indebted to their traffickers. And they do not know what to do to come out from this multiple racket of exploitation. With the failure of leadership, unlike nowhere in the world, except in a failed system, many African governments allow their young people to waste. They turn their faces to the other side, while thousands of their citizens are being exploited at exaggerated proportion. The news that even in today's world, several African young men and women have been sold into slavery in Libya has gone halfway across the world. Does it have to be this way? The endless series of exploitation continue even when they get to Europe. I'm sharing these stories with you because many of these cases are never reported in the media. Now, can you imagine yourself already being a victim of trafficker to get to Europe and you continue to suffer the same exploitation even at your destination? Can you imagine what goes on in the mind of this human being? Who have been reduced to mere numbers and statistics? Of course, this is not a general situation for every African immigrant in Europe or those who have left their country to look for a better opportunity elsewhere. But this certainly is the unreported drama many African immigrants are going through in Italy and also in other European countries. It's a sad story. It's unfair in this age and time because as a people, we certainly have the possibility of avoiding this. This could have been avoided if there were better leadership, a people-oriented leadership in where these immigrants are coming from. You see, that many Nigerians are trapped in this business of human trafficking is an understatement. It's in fact the new form of slavery. And a lot of people and businesses are benefiting from it why the ordinary people are suffering from the pains and humiliation. That is, if they survive the torture in Libya and the deadly crossing of the Mediterranean Sea. Have you not heard of the tragedy? The deaths of African immigrants in their thousands? But who cares? Who cares about them? With highly calculated gimmicks and political rhetoric, a lot of European politicians are playing politics with immigration. And as for many African leaders, they are completely silent, as if they are not aware of the horror or perhaps living on another planet. Currently, 
We all see what is happening around us in the name of COVID-19 pandemic. At that junction, one would imagine that the trafficking in person will stop, but it hasn't. The same is true with the sexual exploitation of young women especially. Despite the facts that it's now riskier than ever before, many of them still continue their sex business with very little chance of escape. Come to think of it, where would you ever run to in this lockdown with more control and fear everywhere? Listen to the television in Italy and you will see how much effort is being made to marry immigration with COVID-19. As if the virus were coming along with immigrants. Yet, this does not stop the enslavers of immigrants who must get their money one way or another. Sometimes I find myself asking the same old question. But why? Why has COVID-19 been able to stop every other thing but not these big madams and their criminal network of human traffickers? From different African countries as Nigeria, Libya and up to Italy, the new slave traders have designed a way to continue their business and they are not willing to stop at anything soon. Just so it might not appear as only my opinion, let me share a line from an article I was reading recently. While some of the preventive measures have effectively hindered certain criminal opportunity in the short term, smugglers and traffickers as well as their victims, have sought and found ways to overcome them. The article I just cited is titled COVID-19 Impact on Migrant Smuggling and Human Trafficking in 11 June 2020 and it's available on Interpol webpage, interpol.int. Let me be clear here. I have not said all this to claim that the victims have no blame at all in this business of trafficking in persons. They surely do have their own blame too, though we might not have time to go deeper on that right now. We might consider that in another episode. For now, let's go back a bit to the home country of the immigrants because that is where it all started, for the poor leadership and the broken system. Now, I want you to know that I'm not trying to say there is something wrong with immigration or the idea of people leaving their home country to resettle elsewhere. That is far from it. In fact, immigration or the relocation of people from one place to another is the real story of human being and must never be criminalized. Having said that, the touch of many young African men and women go through in the Sahara Desert in different camps in Libya and the countless dead in the Mediterranean Sea to get to Europe is heartbroken for anyone that has a heart. It should not be like this. Now let's go to the point I wanted to talk about before. The home country of the African immigrant and the condition that lured them into this dangerous journey. Sure, the condition of livelihood in Nigeria is relevant in this argument, especially during this critical period of COVID-19 lockdown. Things are really bad in many parts of Africa. There is no denial of that. But I think many young Africans, and Nigeria to be specific, are falling victim to these organized traffickers due to the lack of quality orientation and incentive, especially of economic nature. The people are not really engaged by the leader in the sense of having an effective line of communication between the leadership and the followership. I'm not saying that there are no police to keep the population in check or some political tricks. 
the faith promises they continuously make during the only time Nigerian authority ever really engaged the people at election period. But that is not what leadership is about. Leadership is not about that. See the previous episode of this podcast, The Basic Principle of Leadership, and that should be clear to you. It should be about the aspiration of the people, creating the incentive that will help the local population to compete in the world. It's called leadership also for this reason, meaning you are leading a people towards an objective. The lack of this on the part of the Nigerian leaders have obviously foiled and continue to foil the outside match for many young Nigerians to leave the country and seek better opportunity elsewhere. And this, of course, has a high cost to the Nigerian economy. If only someone is thinking about that. We shall consider that topic in another of our episodes. And as for African Dogs Leadership Podcast, let me tell you how we got here. Recently, I did a series of interviews to talk to different African people, both home and abroad, on how they are living the situation of COVID-19 lockdown. It was that series of interviews that led to the creation of African Dogs Leadership Podcast. After carefully studying the contribution of the interviewee, a cross-section of African, both in the diaspora and in the continent, we came to the conclusion, and the conclusion was that one of the major challenges facing Africa today is a lack of quality leadership. I mean, political leaders who have the true intention of helping the local people to resolve their primary problems. The resources, both human and natural, is there. Africa is not poor by any stretch of the imagination, but we lack the competence in leadership. I mean, a people-oriented leadership. As a solution, we decided to open up a conversation along that line and bring in different experts and ordinary people to reflect on the topic of quality and people-oriented leadership in Africa. To be frank with you, it has been interesting and it's just getting started. Now, coming back to the main topic of this podcast, I want to say that there is a story in the heart of every immigrant and that story needs to be told. Over the years, I've heard all kinds of stories. A story of Africans who have been coming to Italy since the middle of the 1970s. People who have run away from their country because of war or because they have been in opposition to some oppressive regime and things like that. Behind every individual immigrant is a story. Some more challenging and some other not as much. Can you imagine stories of people who have been abandoned on the road? I mean, story of people with whom you maybe, you maybe left your home country together to find a better life abroad. But along the way, you see those colleagues on a journey turning into corpses or being abandoned to die in a strange land. If you have been following the trend, you too would have somehow gotten used to the stories of African migrants dying from hunger and thirst in the desert or in the Mediterranean Sea. Why some intelligent politicians and technocrats are busy debating on what to do? Only debating on what to do. What about the overcrowded prisons where people are held like sardines, especially in comparison to the paradox of social distancing? 
This really is a paradox and it's real at the same time. This is not an easy moment, not an easy moment at all. What I have come to understand talking to different people is that this is a reaction to the unacceptable situation in Nigeria. More and more Nigerians and Africa are suffering from the mismanagement of COVID-19 lockdown as a result of bad leadership. And all these are playing to the advantage of the organized criminals who are sugarcoating their promises to persuade the young people into human trafficking. What are the solutions to all this, one might ask? Well, as recommendation or suggestion, we all know that there is no magical solution anywhere. Also because the problem of immigration is bigger than what any singular organization or a country can resolve by itself. However, I think if we really want to provide a lasting solution, we should keep trying new approaches to address the root cause of the problem, like providing quality leadership and the incentive for the people to compete in the local economy. There are a lot of talk all over the places, but people need concrete action. They need hope. Let the government and other institutions invest in projects that can help the people find meaning in their lives and be comfortable in their home countries. And for those who really must travel overseas, there should be more accessible legal channels for them to do so, so that the offer of the trafficker will become less appealing. People don't usually prefer to travel the wrong road. Maybe you did not hear me well, so let me repeat it. People do not prefer to travel the wrong road. That is not the normal human behavior. But what if the right road is so twisted and loaded with unnecessary man-made limitations and setbacks? That is an indirect way of telling the people to find an alternative to the right road. And guess what? They will always find a way or make one. If the authority, both in Nigeria and the European Union, really want to find a solution to the irregular migration from Africa to Europe, maybe I should stress more on the Nigerian government and the local anti-trafficking initiative. They should find a solution to the primary reasons why many young Nigerians are leaving the country in the first place. The best solution to the problem is actually quality and people-oriented leadership. That is the real and effective solution, not only to the immigration situation, which is merely and actually one of the consequences of the non-functioning system, but to other problems too. With quality and people-oriented leadership, the army of Nigerian youth will be put to work to develop their economy, and they will never, I repeat, they will never abandon their country to become victims of traffickers and waste their life overseas. The solution is possible and is within the reach of the Nigerian government. We can either face it or keep entertaining ourselves with whatever excuses we choose. This is all we can take from today's podcast. And I hope you have gotten some value from it. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehe podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehe Ewafo. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.